if you haven't heard Pastor John and Pastor Danielle's messages from last week, please go to the podcast and listen because they set this message up. So today I'm giving you my reasons why I love the house of God. The first scripture that Pastor John unpacked for us, which I'm not going to do today, but I'm going to read it because it's from Genesis 28, 17. And it's all about Jacob's encounter. Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the first encounter with the house of God. And Jacob has a dream and he sees angels, a ladder coming from heaven to earth. And he sees angels ascending, going up and descending. And it reminds me of how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, as it is on earth, as it is in... Thank you, thank you so much. So the ascending and descending of heaven to earth is a supernatural gift to us as believers. We can bring things from heaven to earth through our prayer life. And Jacob had an encounter with God through this dream. And God instructed him and he showed him what was to come. And he reminded him of the promises to his father Isaac and to Abraham and the lineage of um, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob said these words, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So as Pastor John preached to us and shared with us that this house was in a place, Jacob set up a memorial. He made it, he called it Bethel, which means house of God. In Psalm 122, David, the king, He writes this, and we heard it also previously. I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of God. Somebody said this to David. David, let us go up. It was an invitation to him and to others to go up to the house of God. And today you're here. Are you glad to be here? Are you glad to be amongst the people of God? You know, there are so many scenarios in this room. I know some of you and I know some of the circumstances that you are going through. And not everybody's going to be, woohoo, I'm in the house of God. Because I remember when I first came to the first church I went to back in Melbourne, I was so broken, so bruised, so hurt, so stuffed in the head, if you can say that in church. I had wrong thinking about myself. I had wrong thinking about the world. But I came in because somebody invited me. Somebody invited me to come to church. And I had all this baggage. And I remember walking through the back door and, oh, my God, the the presence of the Father, the Father's love. And that's what the prodigals are going to feel when they come back to the house of God. They're going to feel acceptance. They're going to feel the love. They're going to be welcomed and celebrated. And I remember just crying for three months because the presence of God is in the house of God. And there are three reasons why I'm going to share with you in a moment. My next scripture is John 4, 19. It's where Jesus met a woman at a well. Some of you might know the story very well. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, I know. Okay, that's pretty good. 
He met a woman who was from Samaria, a city, a town where Jews and Samaritans didn't get on. There was lots of backstories to that. And she comes out to the well at a, at a hot hour because she had had many relationships and she was, she was probably really low with her image of herself. And she came up to, to encounter the living water that she was so searching for. In verse 19, the woman said to him, Jesus was sitting at the well on his own. He sent the disciples off to find food because they were hungry and he was just sitting there and he knew he was going to meet this woman. She says to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet because he told her everything that she'd done in previous relationships. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. This is revelation right here because tradition, Jerusalem was the place where the pilgrims would come and worship and gather. He said, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But this is what I want to focus on. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. These are the days that Jesus is talking about. He is the saviour of the world. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And we get to worship him. You know, I worship the Lord. Worship is more than a song. We know that. Worship is a heart attitude of love towards God. It's honour. It's adoration. God, I love you with all my heart, my soul, my strength. I love you more than anything that could satisfy me on this earth, God. I love you. And the Father is searching, but he doesn't have to look too far because he's found us. I worship on my own. I worship with my, my husband. And we, I'm doing that because we play the guitar. <laughs> I, yeah, right. We worship together. But this morning... I stood next to you. I stood and I, and I saw you and, and I looked around the room and hands were lifted and together we were one voice. Yes. So the number one reason, I have three reasons today. The number one reason for me today is I love the house of God because it's the place where we come together to worship. We are so different to the world. <laughs> there is nothing... No sound more beautiful than a worshipful heart towards God. I hear your voice and then I can join in. I can see your hands raised to heaven in faith because I know some of your stories and the difficulties and the tragedies and the the trauma. And yet you lift your hands in the house of God. Well, why not? Because this is where... We're reaching out for God, and it's also the place 
and the time that we get to minister to him. Worship is not about us feeling good, having tingles, but that comes with the presence of God. The power of God comes and touches our mortal bodies and sometimes I just sense the the power of God in my hands. But when I lift my hands and I see you do that too, it's like, God, we are yours. We belong to you. You're not alone in your journey. We are a family. And there are families all over the earth adoring God. We know that revivals are breaking out all over the earth. But revival begins in my heart. And when I'm impassioned and when I'm vulnerable and when I have been with Jesus, you should know it. You should know it. And when you've been with him and when you've sat like this woman at the well, he unpacked her life. Those of you online at home, God is with you. You are not alone. We would love you to be physically here, but some of you can't get here. But there is a spirit-to-spirit ministry. When we're apart, our spirits are connected. So please feel the love. Feel the love of the house of God for you right now in this moment. It's a place where we sing with all of our heart. It's a time that we get to actually bless the God, the God of the heavens and the earth. You know, I tell children, do you know you can make God smile today? How awesome is that? That when we worship, that God receives. He receives like a sweet-smelling aroma, our love and our adoration. It's a place where we can worship him without giving our tithe. When we come and we bring, you might do it online, which was what we do, but we take the time to go, God, this is our worship. Our tithe is our worship. It belongs to you. It's yours, almighty God. Worship is powerful. Jesus is the centre of it all. Jesus is the centre of our worship. He's holy, he's worthy. His gospel is preached. The gospel of salvation is preached in this house every Sunday. And people get an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus Christ or renew their relationship with Jesus Christ. It's an awesome place to be. We are family gathered to honour God. Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. You know, I just see there'll be times, you know, when revival hits, you don't care what the person next to you is doing. You're like, well, I just feel like bowing my knees to God in worship when we're singing or prostrating like full-blown, boom, on the floor. Excuse me, I'm going to find a place to lay out before God. I'm going to surrender. You don't care about the people around you. It's all about heart. Your heart is hot. Your heart is fervent. Your heart is burning for Jesus in his presence. And what this young lady, I'll go back to the woman at the well, when he told her, 
She was the first evangelist into that city. Jesus didn't go in there and, and, and start preaching. He sent her in because she was like, oh, my gosh, come and meet. Come and meet the man that told me everything about my life. And that city turned. That city turned. Sunshine Coast has got a turn. University's got a turn. Meriden College has got a turn. For Jesus, our schools, our students, he's moving. Oh, come. Can you imagine? Look, we're we're pretty full. We're pretty full. What's going to happen? Wow, when we have to do another service again. Woohoo! And all the people said? Because there are so many university students saying, I've got to come to the house of the God. Of of the God. Of, yes, the God. Um, Some people that aren't excited. You need revival. Let us kneel down before our maker, for he is um, our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Everybody say, bear. <laughs> the, the good shepherd, right? So number two, I love the house of God because it's where you are. Oh, it's true. I love you. It's where I become we. Where mine becomes ours. Where we celebrate being his. That's tweetable. I made it up. (laughs) It's where I become we. It's where what's mine, my gifts, my talents... My strengths, my weaknesses become ours. And it's where we celebrate being his. I'm leaking. Brendan and I, as Pastor Teresa said, we've been to many churches and I've got some stories, but I'll I'll, I'll try and limit them because I could go on and on. There's a church in the United States called New Creation Church. It was one of the it was the first US church that received us. Beautiful people. And um, they loved our eagle song. Because Brendan put a melody to Isaiah 40, verse 31. And so we didn't know that eagles were the theme of the church. We didn't know that that was their core scripture. We didn't know that the pastor was obsessed with eagles. So we were singing, and those who wait on the Lord, and we're singing. And the pastor, it was like he had wings. He went full, he went into full flight and ran around the church. <laughs> Can you imagine? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I'm on the platform singing, and, those who, and the pastor's like, Rawr. he wasn't making a sound. He didn't make a sound. And he wasn't flapping, really. He was soaring, because that's what eagles do, right? So only in America. <laughs> so guess what? The whole congregation get out of their seats and start flying around the room. I love the house of God. And I'm like, okay. Then we went to the office during the week, and there's a big statue of an eagle. Built on that scripture, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
Wow. And it even says, even the young lions, even the youth grow weary. Even though you've got more energy than we've got, sometimes life just becomes too entangled, right? And you know others in your schools that are struggling. They've lost their strength. And I'm a chaplain now in a secondary college. And I've had over 150 students come and sit in my space and tell me they don't know whether they can go on with life. The house of God. Okay, new creation. Okay, I'm going to go to the flower church. Don't put it up yet, Beck. So we went to another U.S. Um, church, a house of God, because we love the house of God. There's such variety. You know, if you've been from another denomination or had another church experience, you know there's as much variety as there are cereal boxes on the shelf. The expressions of love for God are so different. So we can't balk at anyone else who has their flags because we had flags in Singapore. I love spiritual dancing. Sorry, (laughs) Pastor John, I won't do it in our church, all right? Okay, I'll leave my scarves at home. But there are expressions. I love to dance. Give me some space and I'll dance, right? I'll dance to the worship music because I have to move and groove, right? Okay, so this church, the pastors of this church we went to came to another meeting that we were speaking at. The pastor gave an offering to us, which was a large sum of money. And then she invited us and said, come to, could you come to my church? From the time that we ministered in that church to the time that we got to her church, she was healed of cancer. And she said when she gave, she released her faith that God would heal her and she was healed. So when we got to their church, um, we walked in and went, oh my gosh, this church, thanks Beck, this church is covered with plastic flowers. I like that picture. That's lovely. Okay. All right. If it comes up, you'll see. But from the, from the bottom of the floor through the roof, they'd stapled plastic flowers. And I went, oh, Lord, this is different. Anyway, we had a great move of God, a great service. And at the end of the service, the pastor, she and her husband get up and put the ushers, the stewards, put a table in front of them. And they said, now we're going to give an offering to the Clancy's. So people got, the money was taken up and the offering was put in front of us. And they counted it. Sorry, not enough. Can I have $5 more, please? Can I have $5 more over here? Oh, yeah, I see that five. Bring it up. Bring it up. Uh, (laughs) There you go. There we go. Look at me with the tambourine. Bring back the tambourines. <laughs> okay, look at Brendan with hair. <laughs> Brendan with hair, okay. So we had a great time, but they were counting the offering in front of us. And Brendan's going, yeah, bring up another five. Bring up another five. Can I have another? It was like an auction. But apparently they'd had such a, a difficult time with money, with the church, they wanted to be 
in front of everybody to make it all, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's another church. And God blessed us being there and it's just hilarious to tell. Okay, so that's the reason why, one reason why, because you are here. Look, in Matthew 18, um, 19 and 20, it says, again, Jesus speaking, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together uh, about what, whatever, anything and everything, this is the amplified version, they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them in my father, uh, by my Father in heaven. Verse 20, for wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers into my name, there I am in the midst of them. How awesome is this place? Two or three? I don't think so. Look how many of us are in agreement. Look how many of us are working together. Look how many of us are praying together. Okay, John 17, 20, 23. Jesus prayed for us and our oneness when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Neither for these alone do I pray. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all those who will ever come to believe in trust in, cling to, rely on me through their word and teaching, that they may be what? One. Is this the amp? Just as you, Father, and I am in, uh, sorry, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us so that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. We are a sign to the world that God is alive and that he reigns. You know, when I was saved in 1975, it was in the revival. There's a movie coming out, Jesus Revolution. Please go and see it. It's about the revival that started in America and it came across to Australia and that's where I got saved. So I was a caftan a walking hair, a flower in the hair singing and there's another photo up coming up. And this is um, in Dallas Brooks Hall when the Catholic charismatic renewal was happening in the 70s. And I was 15 and I joined a group called the Love Lights. And I served um, travelling around with a group of singers. Okay, so that's me in the corner here. Where the exit? Yeah, there. Okay, that's my little head. 15-year-old. That's the bishop, the bishop of Melbourne got saved and there was a move of God through the youth. And God is good. Come on, Melbourne. Come on, Melbourne. We are a sign to the world that Jesus is alive. The word is preached. There was a song that we used to sing. We are one in the... Could you just stop for a sec? Sorry, Dom. Thank you. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity 
will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. All right, thank you. Number three, number three, I love the house of God because it's where we invest in the generations. Brendan and I couldn't have our own children, so we said to each other, I remember being in the house of God and saying, well, let's serve other people's children, and we've been doing that for 30 years, and I think of, I think of um, those that are out there today and those who have served for many years. And um, I just want to honour anyone that's ever so served and sown in creche or kids' church in this house. Could you stand up, please? Bowman's, I know. Over the years, Josh, stand up. You were the pastors. All right. Stennett, stand up, please. Stennett, stand up, please. All right. Awesome. Awesome. You can sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Whether you're serving in Kids Church today or not, or you've had a season in the children's ministry, I just want to say that the investment is the third thing, that we get to invest into the generations. So Jesus said this when the disciples were arguing about who's going to be jockeying for position, who's going to be the greatest. I am the greatest. So they were having a little discussion and Jesus caught them out and said, what were you talking about on the road? And they're like, well, uh, nothing. But Jesus knew and he said in Mark 9, And he sat down and he called the 12 disciples to himself, the apostles, and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he must be last of all, a servant of all. And he took a little child, can I have my little child please, and put him in the centre of their group. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, thanks buddy, he's a reluctant hero. (laughs) Just hold my hand, Ethan. He took the little child and put him in the centre of their group and taking him by his arms, um, in his arms, he said to them, whoever in my name and for my sake receives, accepts, receives, um, accepts and receives and welcomes one such child also accepts, receives and welcomes me. And whoever so receives me, receives not only me, but him who sent me. The power of receiving. This is, I picked this little guy, Ethan, because every Sunday when he sees me and his brothers, they come running to give me a hug. Yeah. And when I open my arms to receive them and any other little child, I know that Jesus is right here. And the Father. So serving in the children's ministry is the greatest, I believe, whoever wants to preach after me can pick another ministry. But I believe it's the highest call to serve children, youth, 
and little ones. So, Ethan, just close your eyes. Everybody, stretch out your hands towards him, and I'm going to use him as... Just come over here, darling, so everyone can see you. As a representative of every child that is in this house and every child that's ever come through this house. Father, we pray for Ethan. Lord God, you have a destiny. You have a call upon his life. What a champion. Yes, he has difficult circumstances. Yes, every day is not happy days. But God, you are with him and he knows you. So Jesus, bless him, his household, his mum, his grandmum, his great-grandmum, and may you see, Lord Jesus, his days following you, loving you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Give me another hug. Nothing like your hugs. Thank you. You can go. Just one more. Woo, come on. In the house of God. Just one more photo and then I'm going to going to ask you to receive Jesus if you haven't yet. But this photo, you've got to guess the child. So, Beck, it's the one with, you know, that one. <laughs> so, oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm actually going to skip. Actually, not here. This little girl, her name's Jackie. She's the pastor's daughter in Kasumu, Africa. When I was preaching in Africa, she said, can I, can I, and I can't do it unless I'm doing Samson over there. Um, can I, Hold your Bible. But first, before we go to the house of God, to church, we have to feed the chickens. So we went and fed the chickens. All right, next one. Lots of children that we've ministered to. Okay, it's blurry because, it's blurry because look how young I am. Look how young I am. Okay, so this is the guessing game. Who is this? If you know already... If you know who it is, you know who it is. Who it is? Could you please come forth? This child is coming down the aisle. I'm bringing her up so the online people can see. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> my little Nick. Oh, my little Nick. Hold my hand. And there's his beautiful wife there. So, Mr. Nick, you were in Kids Church when I was pastoring, and Libby was there also. Libby's been there forever. Yes. So, um, from a me- give us a memory of Kids Church. I remember... You're allowed to hold it. <laughs> Big dog. Um, I, remember, um, I remember coming to church. I remember filming OKTV. And the first, before we started anything, you did like an intensive with us. And that was actually where I got filled with the spirit and you prayed for me. And I started speaking in tongues and yeah. And look at him now. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Beautiful. I tell you, when I look, Ebony, you were one of my worship kids leaders. I mean, when I look around, oh my gosh, three-year-old Joelle, when I met her in Canada, look around this room, Hannah, Hannah, little dancing in the spirit girl. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So, God's goodness. Yes, I am unashamedly plugging kids' ministry. When you unashamedly 
You don't have to think, oh my gosh, how can I teach the children the Bible? Just sign up, be taught how to smile, make a sandwich, give a hug, high five, pray with them, love them, receive them like Jesus. Not everyone's called to children's ministry and I hear this sigh going off, yes, Lord, I'm out of here. But some of you are about to step into a realm of God that you could not possibly imagine. I've received so much more from being with children than I could ever give them. So please consider, ask the Holy Spirit, is that me? And don't run away from the call to invest in the generations. Could you just close your eyes for a moment? Father God, thank you, Lord, for the dream teams growing. Every team, I pray into every team, that every team today grows with more and more willing workers. I thank you, Lord, for the tug of the Spirit, Lord God, that you're putting on each one as you lead them. If you're here today and you say, Kathy, that sounds great, but I don't know if I've got a relationship with Jesus myself. Or maybe you have had one once, but you know that there's no fire there. And the Spirit of God is calling you and wooing you to come, to come to the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. We shared communion. That sacrifice on the cross was done for the forgiveness of our sins. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has to recognize I am a sinner. I need a saviour. And Jesus is the saviour. And even if you're watching online and you know that you don't have a relationship, a closeness with God, you want this so desperately. So as I look around the room, I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment, but I'm going to ask you to lift your hand to say, Kathy, I want a relationship with Christ. I want a living, fire-burning relationship with God Almighty. I want to know that I am heaven-bound. Jesus made a way for us for eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't come to condemn the world and there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He came to save the world. So if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to pop your hand up in the air and I'll acknowledge it and you can put it down. We're going to say a prayer of salvation together on the count of three. Let's go. One, two, three. If anyone is in this house, in this room, just pop your hand up. Say, Kathy, that is what I want for my life today. I want to receive Christ. I want to get right with God. Online, if you're at home. Thank you, God. Your spirit is alive in all of us. Let's stand to our feet and let's pray because there may be someone even watching this in the days to come. Let's pray this prayer, Church of the Living God. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to save me from my sin. Jesus, I receive you. Your blood, I am forgiven. I come to you now. And I surrender my life. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, church. Don't forget to sign up. There's donuts for those who sign up for Kids Church. Come on. That's what I heard. That's what I heard.
Thank you, Pastor Kathy. Hey, let's make her feel welcome and thankful as she finds her seat this morning.